Hey folks, welcome back to Intelligent Living. Thanks for joining the podcast, where we have discussions about all things relating to life. You know, through science, we've learned so much about life and how to live it well, so why is it that we tend to live so foolish? Well, it's time to use that science so that we can live life with some intelligence. We can live longer, happier, more purposeful and productive lives for ourselves and for others. And this is called Intelligent Living. So here we're going to learn, laugh, live, last, and love. Thanks for joining the conversation. May 7, 2019, this article, listen, this is crazy. In 2019, this article, uh, it was a Russian air, uh, aircraft called Aerofloat. The plane killed 41 people or 41 passengers on board. When the plane wrecked, uh, think about that. The plane wrecks and you, what's the thing you should be doing? You should be trying to get out of the plane. And they said, what people started to do it, even though the plane's wrecked, it started to it's a fire in different places, people said, I got to get my luggage. They got their luggage because they got their luggage. They held it up. And they said, had they not, and one, how many, human nature, we follow other people. It's called mirror. You see someone do something, you do it. If you're sitting across someone and they cross their hands, more likely you cross your hands. We're, we mirror one another. That's why people you generally are around you look like you. You see, if you're a blonde girlfriend, I mean, not blonde girlfriend, a blonde girl, all her friends are blonde, yeah, all the same. I'm just kidding. I'm just, if you're blonde, I'm just kidding. But it was crazy. What happened was, what happened was, they said a few people started doing that, and then everyone else did the same thing. They acted like it wasn't an emergency. It's not the time for your baggage. You just got to live, man. Get out of here. We're as believers, we're trying to get out of here. And you need to be very careful what you stop to grab. And people stop to grab money, stop to grab all kinds of things. Whatever you put first before God, you may stop to grab it and you may miss God. Jesus said, take heed because of covetousness and greed. You need to be very, very careful in our own lives because by the grace of God, we don't know when Jesus is going to come, but Jesus may not come for a while, but we may die tomorrow. And we don't want to be those Christians. I'm grabbing all I possibly can. No, no, no. You know what? You're going home, and you, it's, you need to get out and just make it. I don't care about this. I don't, no, I just want to make it. So I challenge you to give. If you haven't given, support our ministry. We do appreciate it, and we do try to help people as much as we possibly can. Uh, and, and in fact, any way we can. So we want to do that. So this is part two. I'm just continuing what I started last week on a father but it's not particularly on a father per se basically this could be on influence last week was called father's day he still speaks of father's influence so i just want to get right into part two and this one is simply what do you want from god because there's a part of this that really spoke to me when elisha sees this woman he asked her really what do you want and i thought you know that's a good question what do we want from god and I think that's also not as a great question. I think sometimes it's a great reflection of our heart in the wrong place. Because we want from God. We don't want him. We want from him. But not him. When I was evangelizing, preaching all over the world, it was great. It's cool. They treat you like a rock star. And you get home, everyone knows who you really are. But, you know, they, they treat you really well in our fellowship once you get going as a, quote, successful evangelist, whatever that is. But I'd always try to go. Any place I went, I always, always try to bring home gifts for my kids if I could. If I can afford it, I'd try to bring home something. 
And my kids would come running around, Nate, Lysha, and Eugene come running around. What'd you get me? What'd you get me? And the first question was, what did you get me? I come on. And I used to say to them, well, what about me? Well, you're always here. You're always here. I'm like, what'd you get us? I said, I thought I didn't bring you nothing. I just brought you me. No, we want something. The leaders are being honest. Sometimes we're the same way. God, I want a husband. God, I want a wife. God, I want a healing. God, I want one. I want, want. And what happens if you don't get it? For a lot of people, because they, this is what I want, what do you want? So that, this is what I want from God. And because you don't get what you want from God, you walk away from God. Let's read the text. Same text, 2 Kings chapter 4. Verse 1, the widow of the member of the group of the prophets went to Elisha and said, Sir, my husband has died. You know, he's a God-fearing man, but now he owed money, and they come to take away my two sons as slaves in payment for my husband's debt. Verse 2, what shall I do for you? He asked, tell me, what do you have in your home? Nothing except a jar of oil, of olive oil, she answered. Verse 3, go to your neighbors and borrow as many as empty as you can. Elisha told her, then you and your sons go into your house, close the door, and start pouring the oil into the jars and set them aside when it's full. Verse 5, so the women went into her house with their sons, closed the door, and took the smaller jar of olive oil, poured it into all the other jars as her sons brought them to her. When they filled all the jars, she asked, is there any more? And they said, that was the last one. The sons answered, and the olive oil stopped Flowing. We're just going to stop there. I'm talking about influence, so let me continue on the last thing I said about influence. In our story, it's about a father. I said this. It's about a father who dies. But the father dies, and what I liked about it, what I, that kind of spoke to me was the mom and the sons are still connected to God in such a way that they go to the man of God. They go to Elisha and say, well, now we don't know what to do next. You know, a lot of times, let me go back. Because it, he must have left a good testimony because now they still want God. What I really like is his teenage sons, even though the father has been lost, the teenage sons in the story, they have to be old enough to labor. Most believe they were young teenagers. They, you know, when the mom said, go collect some empty vessels, they didn't throw an attitude. Like, you know, what? Well, that makes no sense. That's going to make it look stupid in the community. I can't put that up on Facebook. A lot of kids care about what people think about them. To the point, they won't even obey God. No, Mom, I'm going to do it. What do you mean to do? Well, the man of God told me to do it. The pastor said do this. This is what I got out of the sermon, son. Do this, this, this. My God, dude, that's crazy. It makes no sense whatsoever. But that's not, the, that's not what happens in our story. The sons do exactly what they're asked to do. Those are good sons. So the father's influence that he left behind was very, very good. Every one of us are influencing somebody for good or for bad. Your shadow is being cast on people all day long, every day, for good or for bad. Because it's a, a good influence, it's leading them in the right direction. When he's taken away, they know the direction they need to go. Hopefully, I don't know how it all works out, but spiritually, if I were taken away tomorrow, I hope there's young men and people in this church that the influence you've heard from the pulpit that keep you going the right way. 
our influence, all of us, our influence, it, it, it goes beyond. When we're not around, it still goes on. And my point I was trying to make last week was I, I want this influence to, to, to be a good influence. And whatever it's taken away, that I'm, there are people left behind that are there because the influence of a man or a woman of God or a young person, they're still going to keep doing what that person would do if he were still here. Paul told the Christians, he said, you guys, I know you guys work out your salvation when I'm around. You guys do great. He said, but I hope in my absence you do the same thing. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Jesus said, you know what? When I come back, will I find faith? And what he's asking and what he's really saying is, when I leave, will the influence of God still be here? And will God still be working in people's lives? But there'll be a godly influence still alive and real in people's lives. So this woman comes. None of that counted. I didn't start my, my timer. It's called forgiveness. It's under the blood. The debt. I say that because of this. Sometimes it's so bad and so unfortunate that a, something may happen, a, a trial, a difficulty, uh, even a tragedy may happen. Or things get overwhelming in someone's life that they, they don't do what this woman does and her sons do. Let me say this. When things happen, you know what we need? We, need, we all need each other. And that each other sometimes is your own family. It starts with them first. They're with you. They got your back. I'm glad my son Nate has, has my back. I'm glad my kids have my back. I, and you need family. You need, you need everyone. This is going to work, man. We all need each other. Regardless of what you think, I'm strong. No, no, we all, we desperately all need each other. It's because what happens sometimes is not what's happening in our store. What happens sometimes when a family member or something happens, I've seen it, you've seen it, where the family begins, instead of pushing forward in righteousness, instead of trying to do, Instead of allowing that whatever happened to them to drive them to God, sometimes they're driven from God. And we've seen young people just leave God and they go into sin and they go into sin. And uh, some, that bad thing happens in, in a family and the husband stays strong or the wife stays strong and then the husband leaves or the kid leaves. And if you just look at it, you just watch the film. We've all seen this film. It doesn't end well. Sin is a predator. Nate was going to preach it. Sin is a predator. And he wants you to really believe that you're stronger and you know better. Uh, you know what? I don't, you, know, I'm, you know, Dad, Mom, we tried this God stuff for a while. You know, we did it, but, you know, it is what it is. And they walk away, and later, years later, you look at them and say, man, their life is so messed up. What happened? The influence that was left behind, well, what happened? It's bad. It's got worse. And, and in sin, it does get worse, and it gets worse, and it gets worse. The right way is the best way. I didn't say it's the easiest way, but it's the best way. It was Elisha, 2 Kings 2. He, he struck the water with Elijah's cloak because Elijah's been taken up to heaven. And he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he struck the waters and it was divided. And he walked over the other side. He's talking about influence. Elijah's taken out of the way, but his influence is still there. And he said, well, I want this influence. This is what he had I want. But it was a good thing. You know, Jesus talked about leaven. The kingdom of God's like leaven. 
Put so and put into a, I'm making a simple loaf of bread and it raises it up. Leaven isn't always, people always make it leaven is bad, but it's not always bad because what leaven does, I'll tell you what leaven does, leaven influences, it's about influence. And you and I are called to influence, you and I will influence people. But hopefully by the grace of God, not in a sinful way, because leaven does mean that, but also in a good way. Leaven in something causes it to what? Rise. Our influence in people's lives, hopefully it causes them to rise up. Something good comes out of it, not nothing bad. Something good will come out of them knowing you and you knowing them. Leaven. Jesus said the kingdom of God is about influence. It starts out one way and it ends in another way. Influence. It touches, he says it touches the entire loaf of bread. And hopefully God's grace, what he is, his character touches every area of our life. That as years go on, someone may walk in and say, Man, I remember when you were, if I can use the term, a small piece of bread. But now you're a big loaf, something too big anyway. But now you're, no, but the point I'm making is now you've really changed. So here we have it. One man said, example is not the main thing influencing others. It is the only thing. So here it is. The influence is still being felt. And it was a good influence left behind by this father. Even though this, something bad has happened, there was a lingering influence that continued to the very day. In fact, so much so that there's a book written and we don't even know the guy's name, and I'm preaching about it thousands of years later. I think that was a good influence. I, I, I don't think you want to be the one like Lot's wife. Her, her, her memory in scriptures, remember Lot's wife. That's it. That's not what I want. You know, I want to say, hey, so-and-so was a good person. Well done, that good and faithful servant. So let's go to the point today is we must be willing to ask ourselves why are we really here and what do we want God to do for you? So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you and how can I help you? How literally means for what reason, why, and what purpose? The word tell me literally means to declare. It means to, to make it known or to totally expound. Which is a very interesting question. The fact that he says this, he, he's saying something I'll get to in next week is He's implying something. What do you want? He doesn't, remember I said he, he doesn't give her a chance to even answer the question. What he's saying, you're coming to me because you need something that you can't fix. That's what, that's what he's saying. If someone comes and I all these problems. Well, here's what you should do. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, you came to me. Remember, you couldn't fix this. But he asks the question, well, you know, what do you want? It's to, it seems almost kind of cruel because you think, well, what, what do you think what I want? I got needs. I got financial. I got all kinds of needs in my life. What do you think what I want? It's obvious. It, it may be obvious, but God wants you to speak your needs to him. He says, why are you coming to me? Why? Very interesting question. What do you want? 
And I said it in the beginning of the sermon, but it's, it's, it still applies right now and here. And that's the same thing. What do, you, what do you want from God? What do you want from God? And because people, that's all they think about God is this is what I'm going to get from God. Listen, when you get to heaven, it, it's not going to be about you getting a lot of things. We get to heaven, we get him. Like my kids, what about me, God? What about me? So where's all the stuff? <sighs> it's about Jesus. It ain't about things. So, you know, so what do you want? And I, and I said, you know, think about it. You know, you know, Elijah says, why even come to me? We all, we all know what it is because I, I, I have help. I need help. That's obvious. Well, that's why I want you to get that in your head. You need help and you can't fix it. But why do we come? So I, I asked the question, why do we come to church? Why do we do what we do? Why do you give to a church? Why are you here this morning? Why? Some of you say, well, I came because my mom made me. <laughs> I came because my wife would get all upset. I don't like her attitude about I don't go to church. So I came because my wife makes me come. No one knows who that is. <laughs> and for a lot of people, that's, unfortunately, that's where they're at. And that's where they stay at. They live their Christian life on this. I want something from God. We have needs. God wants to meet your needs. But I want something from God. Their attitude is, I want something from God. And bless God, I better get it. Really? Really? So why do we come? To hear from God? Oh, I come because Pastor Kerry's funny. <laughs> Tracks those jokes, makes those faces. What about, do I come because I really want to hear from God? Not just hear from God so I can say I heard from God, but so I can change radically. No, no, Pastor, I came because I, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want. I want because I want God to do this for me. I want God to do this. That's where, that's where you're at, just like this one. I want, I want, I want. And that, that's, where you're at. that's where you're at. That's your life. There's a lot of what do you want and whys in the Bible. And a lot of times in life, there's a lot of whys in life. It was Hannah, 1 Samuel 18 and 1 Samuel 1. Hannah is crying and her husband says, hey, why are you crying? She's crying because she's, at that moment, she's unfruitful. It wasn't, she was barren. The psalmist says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Now the psalm down the road says, oh, Lord, why you stand afar from me? Another one says, God, why have you rejected me? God says to Cain and Abel, says to Cain, why are you so angry, Cain? Why? These are some whys. Psalms 42, why are you downcast? Luke 24, Jesus shows up. They don't even know it's Jesus. And Jesus says, why, why, are, why are your life filled with doubts and fears? What's wrong? One person says, he looks at them and says, he noticed that they were sad in their face. And asked them, what's troubling you? They think, they think about it. They think God's dead and he's talking to them. They think Jesus died and never rose again. He's, Jesus is standing right next to them talking to them. And they're missing God by a million miles. He's right there. So, well, this Jesus didn't rise again. He didn't rise again. And 
put all hope in him, and now it's just gone. He's gone. The dude didn't come through. Dude's, I don't know what's up with him. He's gone. And he's right there next to you. You could think the same thing. You could, you could be here this morning, and your mind be just like that. You know what? He's gone. I, he hasn't done nothing what I asked him to do. He's, he promised to do this. He didn't do it. I don't see it. And you have no idea why you're here. God can be talking to you. The very God you think has ignored you is the very God who's speaking to you right now. I think sometimes it's, it's also <clears throat> good <clears throat> for us. Let me find this real quick here. Oh, yeah, here it is. Is I think when Elisha says, what do you want? I think it's, you know, what we don't do in our society, we never slow down and stop and think why we do what we do. Sometimes it's just good just to stop and think, you know what, why, why am I at where I'm at? Why do I do what I do? And maybe hear God say to you, what, what do you want? And you stop for a moment and say, what, what do I really want? Do, do I just want to live like I've been living, just existing? Do I want to have a, a living relationship with God? Or what do I really want? Sometimes you just need to stop for a moment. And ask yourself some questions about your life and who you are. But you know what we do? We go, 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 go. We don't, we don't want to stop. We want sound. We want action. We want things to go on all the time. We, we don't have to, like one man said, we lost the ability to stop and think. Do you know your brain actually gets energized when you shut off all music, including music on your iPhone, earphones, whatever you put those plugs in? You have your music going. If you take off that, no music on the radio. If you have no music, so you go, oh, I'd go crazy. I'd lose my mind. No, they say when you do that, your brain finds refreshment. But we have to always have noise. Always have, always have noise. Put music on. Do it. It's always something. Can, can, we stop? can we just say stop for a moment? Stop. Can we just live life and enjoy each other, love God? You know, so you're you're here. You say, "Well, are you? You know, I, I don't know why you're here. Only you could answer. You know, truth is, only you can answer that. I, I, I come for comfort. Okay, that's great. I come for help. It's great. Uh, I come for this. Or I came because last week was Father's Day, and I had to. It's Father's Day. I had to come honor my father. Whatever it might have been, I, I come for this reason. What is the reason you come? Do you come and say, you know what? I want to radically change my life." I want God to invade my life. I want to make heaven my home. Hallelujah. Or I just want to play church. Only you know that. And I thought, another remarkable question, and I might preach on this Thursday, change it. Just got to talk to the pastor about it. But anyway. Is when Jesus sees this man at the pool of Bethesda. Think about it. They're lame. They're crippled. They're blind. You name it. They have all kinds of infirmities. They're laying there. Jesus shows up at the pool of Bethesda, John chapter 5, and he pulls up and he asks this man, he said, do, do you just, I got a question for you. Do you want to be whole? 
Why in the world would you ask someone who's waiting to be healed? That's why he was there if he wants to be whole. Because not everything appears to be what it really is. Pastor, not everyone who comes to church really wants to change. Good preaching. Thank you. No one else would do it. <laughs> this is why I'm talking like this, right? Go to the jokes. Go to the jokes. <laughs> Go to the faces. I'll, I'll do that later. Marty says, I love it when you go like that. Okay, there you go. You got it, Marty. <clears throat> he asked him, well, do, 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 do you really want to be whole? God asked him, do, do you really want to radically change or you just want to be touched in one little area of your life? That's it. Well, what do you really want? So he asked the man, you, you think the man goes, well, that's, a, that's a dumb question, Jesus. In fact, he don't even understand all that's going on. He said, you know what, sir, I don't know what you're saying, but this is pretty, that's a dumb question. Of course I want to heal you. I'm here, right? Not everyone here wants to really be helped by God. Not everyone here really wants to serve God. There's people here right now, if Jesus were to come, you'd still be here. That's a fact. We don't want to face that, do we? That's a fact. You would leave. Some would go up halfway because they're always late. Halfway, come back down. Some are half saved. Uh, halfway. I'm going, there I go, honey, come. Oh, he's not even coming. Praise God. I'm just kidding. Some are just, you know, like that. So that's why they go halfway, come back. You're almost, but not quite. Some, you wouldn't leave, you, you'll miss a beat, you'd still be here. Pastor, preach other promises. Come on, stop it. Making me afraid. It's the truth. I, I don't know about you. I asked that question. Am I going to be left behind? Am I going to be left behind? It's a pastor. How is, I, I don't want to. But he asked this man at the well, at, at the pool of Bethesda, which means a pool of mercy and grace. He asked him, do, 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 do you want healing? Do you want wholeness? Or do you just want some help? Some people, you know what they want? They don't want a little help from God. They don't want wholeness. They don't want to radically change. They don't want their whole life changed. They love their own priorities. You're not going to step into my life and change my priorities. Oh, no. You know how people talk. Oh, no. They've got that head still going on, that rubber in that head, like that or something. But no, they don't want to be messed with. And we know, think about this. Here's this man, when Jesus asked him this man, asked this man, I like that English. But he asked this man this, and the truth is, if he's going to be healed, he's going to have to use muscles he's never used before. You know, muscles atrophy after a while. It means they, go, they become basically useless. They become, they're not very strong at all. They just lose. And it doesn't take long to lose strength. It doesn't take long to atrophy. Someone could be huge. I saw a guy who got some, he actually got COVID. This is when he first started out. I saw this, this weightlifter, bodybuilder guy. I mean, he looked unbelievable. He reminded me of myself. And so I said, man, they stole my picture. What's up? But anyway, you know, he was a guy, big, strong. And like within, like literally within a few days, he's, he lost like 80 or 90 pounds. And he said, I thought I was so big and so strong. He said, now look at me. He said, I would never thought this could happen to me. It's happening. And it's like a lot of people, my body is my life. 
That's sad. Because you, listen, there's more to you than your body. It's who you are as a person. So if this, think about it. If this man's going to be healed and helped, he's going to have to use muscles he hasn't used. You know, God gives us all muscles, spiritual muscles, that for a lot of folks, they atrophy. Why the atrophy, Pastor? How come I can't walk? Because you don't ever use them. You lay waiting. You lay waiting for some man, someone else to help you but you. God says, you know what? I'm going to help you, but when I help you, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of muscles you're not using right now you're going to have to use. So here's what I thought about is this. Think about this. That if this man is going to be helped, what would happen? Well, if this man's going to be helped and Jesus is going to tell the man, he says, Rise, take your bed, and walk, or just get up and go, right? If I help you, your life all of a sudden is going to be totally different than it's been. We all know that. But the blessing that I'm about to give you is going to bring new burdens and responsibility. Why? Because the friends who had brought him there every day to beg, he's been a, he lived the life of a beggar. His friends would bring him. He's going to get healed. You know, his friends would say, hey, man, you got healed. Go get a job, man. Taco Bell's hiring. <laughs> Chevron is, you know, I delayed the manager at Chevron told me, I can't get any, I can't get people to work for him. We started about like a 16 bucks an hour. He, I, I know his friends would have said, hey, we came here to help you, but not to do this forever. He probably got used to living as a beggar, probably got used to his infirmity, got used to it. His mind probably was thinking that's how he became, this is what he is. And no doubt, if, if I heal you, you have to get up, you have to get a job. Can't I just sing songs to Jesus? No, go work. Go work. Go, go, go get a job, a real job, work, support people, help people. They've been lifting your burden all this time. Now you lift their burdens, you do something now with your faith. Faith is not idle. Faith is not stagnant. It gets up and it moves. Faith has feet. Tells me, get up and walk. And it's a man. Well, now, now I got to get a job. Now I got to go back and face my wife. If you had a wife, I got to see, see my kids. If you had kids, his whole world, all of a sudden, this one burden that he had, you sit there all day, we beg for money. But now God's going to enter his life. He is going to be put in a position where it's going to be a lot more burdens on your life than ever before now. Pastor, I just want God's touch. I don't want the burden responsibility of Christianity. Good preaching, thank you. I just want to touch. I, I just, man, I feel so good. I don't want to preach. He touched me, man. I feel so good. Now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to help anybody? Are you going to do anything with it? Or are you going to be stuck on self? Hey, hey guy, I'm, I'm going to touch you, and you can get up and walk. Why? Because I don't want you to hang around people that got that kind of a mindset. You're made whole. You don't need to be around people that are infirm. You don't need to be around people that got mental arthritis. Jesus said, you get up and leave this environment of people like that? Bye-bye. They say arthritis cripples people. So I thought, that's what I thought of. Some of you say, well, I'm not crippled, pastor. I'm fine. I don't, I'm good, man. I'm fine. Everything's going pretty good for me. And no, the truth is you got mental arthritis. You're stiff, unchangeable. 
Look at you. You haven't changed in five years. Ooh, ooh, easy, preacher. Easy. Easy, 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 easy. Oh, easy. Let me throw in those darts. I see those, those flames coming from your eyes. Take that, Pastor. Take that. No, you're just as lazy as you've always been. Or maybe you, whatever it is, I just threw that out there. I don't know who that's for. Just Jesus knows there. I guarantee you're not going to highlight that or write that in your Bible. Jesus said, I'm really lazy. And you're not going to put that in there. You're going to put, he said, promises are mine. Promises are Yeah, promises are yours to get them and do something with them. Mental arthritis. Unchanging. You say, well, I'm not, I'm not like that. This man, he's in this position. God wants to change him. But when you have mental arthritis, we say one thing, but we do another. Our mental arthritis people, here's what they say. Oh, yeah, I want to change, man. I'm changing all the time. Praise God. Dude, look in the mirror. You haven't changed. I'm not talking about physically. Well, that would apply too, right? But this ain't helpful living class. This is preaching. You say, you know, I want to change. I want to change. Oh, yeah, I want to change. Hate to break the news to you. Newsflash, you haven't. Why? You're, you're stuck. Mental arthritis. Arthritis gets you like this crippled in your mind. That's where you're at. And Jesus says, you know what? I don't want you to be around all these people. That, that kind of mindset, that's who you do. You don't need to be around people like that. So if I'm going to touch you, I'm going to tell you, no, I'm not only just going to touch you, I'm going to tell you to leave that sickening environment. Why? Why would he tell him to leave that? I'm getting ready to close in a minute. I'll close when I'm ready. He tells him to leave there. Listen to this. And this is what happens to anyone who has an infirmity in, physically, any kind of disease, any kind of problem. Jesus was telling this woman, or this man, I should say, man, he's telling him, you got a life beyond this life. Now go live it. Some people... Whatever comes to them, some infirmity, some problem, they stay at that problem, that infirmity, that sickness. That, they live in that disease. Every time you talk to them, first thing they talk about is their problems and their disease. That's why they tell folks, with any kind of disease, you know, uh, they, here's the world's wisdom. Join a, a group, uh, what do you call them, a support group, uh, and, you know, talk, you get to know each other, talk about your disease. So, you know, that's the last thing you need to do. Get up and walk. Why would I always sit around my support group be, how you doing? Well, I got this disease and I'm in pain today. How about you? I'm in pain too. Oh, bless your heart, bless your heart. Oh, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Both pain leaves. Both pain leaves you too. Okay, see you tomorrow. Talk tomorrow, okay. How you doing? I was doing a little thing yesterday. Is he worse today? Oh, me too, me too. Bless God, bless God. And just carry on, you carry on. And you, some people, that's how they live their life. Whatever their issues, walk up to them. They haven't, they haven't stopped. With, it's been years. And they pick up where they left off. Really? Nothing's, I haven't seen you for years. And the first thing you say to me is, really? That's your story? You got a story beyond a story. You got a story beyond that story. You got a life to live. Go live it. 
That's what he's telling the man. Get your mat. Get up and get out of this place. You got a life to live. I came to give you life, which implies the life that you have now is not life. I give life. You have to believe that. And now you get up and walk. Why don't you bow your heads? Some here this morning, you know the truth is you're the truth is you don't want to see the truth about yourselves. You really don't want to be honest with yourself. Elisha asked her, you know, what do you what do you want? And the word means basically Tell me the exact reasons. Tell me what's really going on in your heart of hearts. Talk to me. Talk to me. Why do we come this morning? Become better Christians? Make our dad happy, our mom happy, or to meet God, have him change us. It's the only time you have is the moment you're in right now to take this moment and, and, and be able to touch God with it. To take this moment where God can breathe on our souls, change us. Life is filled with a lot of whys. I read those whys. So I'm going to ask you, first of all, to stop for a moment and think, why are you here? The second one would be, what do you want from God? Our desire must be more than I want this from God, but I want Him. Because when you don't get what you want, some, many people walk away from God. But you've got a purpose in your heart this morning. No matter what I want, if I don't get it, I'm still serving God. I'm still coming to church. I'm still going to do what's right. I'm still going to give, help others, and serve. If He does it, great. If He don't, I have Him. You're here this morning very quickly. You're a Christian. You're watching me. You're in the congregation. You're stuck on your disease. Your, your life, is that's it. Or you're stuck on your problem. You, literally, you live there. You have a life beyond that. You got mental arthritis. You're stuck there. You're unmovable. And this morning, you say, you know what, God? I'm tired of thinking the way I think. I want to start thinking differently. I want to change because I need to change for myself and for my kids. For no one else, that's what I need to do, God. I, I want you to have your way in my life. And whatever God's talking to you about, just raise your hand quickly all over this place. I see all these hands, many, many hands. Many, many hands. I, I want God to change me. I, I came, Pastor, not just to say hi to people. I, I came, Pastor, because I want, I want to hear from God and I want God to change me. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not right with God. And you're here and you say, you know what, I'm going to give my life back to Christ. If that's you, raise your hand. Before we end this service, raise your hand. Say, it's my hand, here's my hand. I see that hand right there, brother. Amen. Someone's going to pray with my brother in a moment. I'll open these altars in a moment. Some of you need to start talking about his will. Not your will. Every time someone talks to you, it's about you. 
your attitude is, you know what? I'm going to go live. I'm going to go help others. I've been on that mat. I've been crippled. I know I can help them. You're watching me. You say this prayer with me. You say, Dear Heavenly Father, I give you my life. I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. Come into my life. Change me. My life's yours, Jesus. I'm sorry for all the things I've done. I walked away from you. I did what was wrong. I knew it was wrong. But today, I'm getting right with you. And nothing's going to stop me, God, by the grace of God. I, I give you my life, Jesus. It's yours now. If you said that prayer watching me, I, I challenge you to try to get a hold of us through our church. We'll have someone reach out to you if you say that prayer. No matter where you're at in the world, doesn't matter. We'll find a church, find someone that can talk to you or visit you or something, help you some way. Let's all stand. Many, many hands raised. Just come and find a place to pray before we end this service this morning. Hey folks, I really hope this episode encouraged you to live a more purposeful and intelligent life. If it did bless you, would you share it with somebody who you love as well? Thanks again for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time.